Right now, a future president could be running as a local candidate on your ballot. This person is vying to represent you, your family, and your community. Do you know what they are and what they stand for? Vote411.org is your tool for accurate and unbiased, up-to-the-minute election information on the candidates running in local races. Just enter your address to get started. Your vote is your power, the power to decide who represents you in 2022 and beyond. Get online, get the facts, and make your voice heard on election day. Hello, this is Bob. Aloha, Bob. This is Kavika. How are you? Real good. You? Fantastic, fantastic. You're my last interview of the day before I go off to the Hawaii Filmmakers Competition for the 48. Well, good luck on that. Oh, well, thank you very much. So uh, let's get right to the thick of it so everybody can hear about you, your campaign, your thoughts and views, and uh, why you've uh, stepped up uh, for your community. Uh, so uh, first, uh, let's go ahead and let everybody know who you are, what office you're running for, and uh, what's brought you here today. Well, my name is Robert Armstrong, and I am running for the 28th House seat on Oahu. And I am running because I feel that the citizens of the center core of our community here in downtown Honolulu, Sand Island, and Chinatown deserve better representation and more activism than what they have gotten over the past several years. And I decided that enough is enough. We've given the incumbents and the longtime politicians with the very famous names enough uh, chance to prove themselves. And I have from personal experience and from others, really good information that things are not going to change because leopards don't change their stripes. So I decided to step up and run instead. And I think I can do a better job. I, in fact, I know I can do a better job. 
Interesting, interesting. Well, let's get right into that. So before you tell us about your campaign itself, let's uh, let's hear about, uh, you know, your humble beginnings, where you come from, where does your mana'o stretch from, and how it led you into uh, feeling you had the right answers to uh, to help our community. <laughs> well, um, as a matter of fact, at the end of this month, I will have completed eight full years here in Hawaii. But um, my my experience with the island state goes much further than that. Um, I started after I got out of college as a television reporter and anchor in markets very similar to Honolulu and uh, thought that I was going to save the world by better journalism. And uh, I was really full of Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein and uh, a child of the Watergate era. And I thought that was the way to go. And in reality, small market or media market television stations are about selling cars and ivory soap. So um, after trying my best and recognizing I'll never be Walter Cronkite, I moved over to public television where I ran a couple television stations and more importantly, a couple public radio stations around the country. In fact, Hawaii is the 10th and last state I've lived in. So I've been somewhat of a nomad. But when you're with public broadcasting or public media, as it's now called, those are often associated with universities, which is also a place where my love is, and that is education, becoming better informed and more um, aware of the world around you. So um, I foolheartedly decided to go and get not only one, but two M two master's degree. In fact, I have an MBA from Chaminade. And I also completed all the coursework and exams and research for a PhD in international communications. And so that led to a 20-year teaching career of which seven were abroad. My last teaching job was at UH Manoa, and I have been out of that industry for about a decade, um, uh, which is when about the same time that I moved to Hawaii. And now I'm a nonprofit administrator trying to make the world better through service. And so that kind of flows right into my activism this time on the 28th House seat of Hawaii. Righteous, bro. I dig that. So uh, talking about this seat, man, talking about this seat. So um, in educating our audience, before we, we talk about your campaign, let's talk about that seat. What, what are the duties of that seat? Who does it cooperate with? How do you interact on behalf of the community? How do you report to the constituency from that position? Well, first of all, I've got to win the seat, and that is on August 13th is primary day. And I would assume, being a, a, a fairly strong Democratic stronghold, uh, which is redundant, but nonetheless, uh, being a, a strong, good Democratic uh, base of uh, politics, that that is who the uh, constituents primarily will be. Um uh, the incumbent is a Democrat, and then I'm running against at least one other well-known party member. Uh, and so I, I see my role as sort of the outsider. In fact, my campaign branding statement is in your corner because, you know, we've gotten we've gotten the moneyed interests taken care of with the incumbent. And we've got the party interests taken care of by my uh, opponent. And, but nobody's looking out for the little guy. Nobody's looking out for 
the, you know, the folks who are just struggling to get by, you know, with these inflationary times that we live in and who have to put up with rising crime and um, uh, um, graffiti and homelessness here in the center core of the community. Um, those are primary issues. They're not the only ones, but, you know, we're hoping that rail comes through, but will it, uh, you know, $11 billion later in 10 years is still, you know, we can only smell it in the distance, but we can't see it. And, you know, these issues are older than I have been here in Hawaii. They're, they certainly date more than eight years. And yet we keep electing the same, um, you know, moneyed interest or, or party leaders and thinking that things will change. Well, that's why my branding statement is in your corner, because along with Carl Rhodes, who's our senator, we need to make a difference. And I think he has made a difference. He understands these issues. And while I'm not affiliated with him in any way, shape or form, he is inspirational in that I would be his partner on the other side of the legislature in the House to, you know, really try to address these issues. For instance, homelessness is not about people who just don't have a roof over their heads. I mean, it's it's much larger than that. It's about crime. It's about affordable housing. It's about workforce housing. It's about Section 8 housing. It's about folks who need to bring the constituencies together in order to build uh, and, and be innovative about our vacant lands that are even here in downtown. We're not wall-to-wall buildings. We do have some empty spaces and we could make, uh, we could utilize those folks, those places. But also it's about understanding mental illness, which is about half the homeless population. It's an understanding about addiction, which is about a quarter of the population that's homeless, you know, whether it be drugs, which is a real growing scourge or alcoholism and getting them into treatment centers because in any given night here in Honolulu, somebody turns to an officer and say, you know, I'm tired of living on the streets. I have an addiction. I need to get cleaned up. On any given night, there's only one at the most two beds available for that individual who decides to clean up their life. And if they happen to be the second or the third person with that idea that evening, well, tough luck. You're going to have to wait until there's an opening, and that could be a month later. And by that time, they're further into their addiction. That's not good. And then about another 10% of the population are newly arrived from the Kofa places, Micronesia, Marshall Islands, and to a very small degree, Palau, those are the compact of free exchange countries who are given free passage into the United States because during World War II, we abused their lands through nuclear testing. And so we open our doors to them and they come here and they really don't know where they're going, what they're doing, or how to navigate the system because they're from island nations that are pretty undeveloped. And I've been there. I worked for Lieutenant Governor uh, Duke Iona in developing a white paper about how we handle um, the COFA folks. So I've even re- reached across the, the aisle with the other party to co- come up with solutions. And and we need the federal government's attention. And, and our senators in Congress have been doing a good job about that, particularly Ed Case, too, our congressman here in Honolulu, uh, has done a, quite a bit. But we also need to have the state aware that This is the primary populations of the central problem of homelessness, the COFA folks, the addicted, and the mentally ill. Only about 5, 10, at the most 15% are folks who are long-term and refusing housing 
Um, and, and, you know, we can work, we have gotten, uh, uh, nonprofits who can work on that, but we've got to take care of the majority of the folks, the 85% who are out there lessening their lives, taking away the quality of life for the rest of us, contributing to crime and all the other issues that are part of our society that are completely unnecessary and that we've looked uh, away from for the last, you know, six to eight years. Now we can't. And and I promise you, if I'm uh, elected, that is the primary and central tenant of of my um, house seat uh, residency. Because um, six years ago, I was Governor Ige, and I'm going on just a little bit, but I have one more sentence here or two. Uh, I was Governor Ige and Mayor Caldwell's marketing representative for the first summit on homelessness. And when I got that appointment, I thought, oh man, what did I get into? But after six weeks of work, working every day, hard core with 13 nonprofits, which is part of that constitu- constituency you asked about, and um, and reaching out to the business community, we were able to get 337 participants to a half-day conference about homelessness. And, and if you thought that was easy, it wasn't. And if you thought that they came with an open mind or an open heart, they didn't because the statistics proved uh, before they came to the conference, that 56% felt that the homeless were to blame for their own lot in life. And if you think about it, you know, mentally ill, those who are addicted, those who are new to our country, and and those who have perhaps fallen on hard times because of, because of medis- a medical expense or whatever, they're really not to blame. And they shouldn't be castigated for not having a, a a roof over their head. They should be helped. And and we've got to do it in a, a logical and, and strategic way. And, and that's where I come in. At the end of that conference, we housed 80 people. We put a roof over the head, over 80 folks and their families, and saved the taxpayer millions of dollars because of that nonprofit effort, along with government, um, um, marrying government. And unfortunately, it was sort of a one-off event, and we need to resurrect it, and we need to get serious that, you know, this is where we're at right now in Hawaii's largest city, and we've got to address it. If, if, if we don't, the quality of our life is going to continue to decrease and deteriorate here for all of us. Wow. Yeah, that is more than I thought I was going to get. And I think that's actually what uh, everybody needed to hear because we just don't we don't get a lot of that explanation. I, I myself actually worked in veterans homelessness in California for many years. My grandfather was a veteran and that inspired me to help out my community on the mainland when I lived out there. And, you know, I, I have to say that not a lot of people are aware of like what's endemic to to being homeless and and how you get stuck in that rut and how things may not be your fault when you get there or how things keep you there. And, you know, not many people are aware of those hard statistics that you mentioned or even more so some of the ones that broke my heart when I learned about them about, you know, like, you know, when you're when you're in poverty or when you're in disarray, that that state of personal dystopia for every one day, it takes nearly 20 days to get out. So a lot of people don't know how hard it is to get out of a rut until they're in there. And so, I mean, I'd, I'd like to, to push a little on, though, and ask you straight up. Um, we know what you want to do, but I think that this is a big question that needs to come up, especially since we're starting this conversation early in the election season. 
what can the community do? What can Boots on the Ground do? What can the single person do? Because, I mean, we don't have as much of a voter turnout in Hawaii as we should. We don't have enough of a voter turnout in America to begin with. But, like, what's something that people feel that they could put their hands on that you think on a tact, on a, on a, you know, on a level to where they could touch it, feel it, and be a part of their community that would get them in there? Sure. Before I answer that, let me just say one thing, and that is, you know, lost in all of the um, lies and the rhetoric of the 2020 presidential election is actually a very, very, very good story in that was the second highest voter turnout in the history of the United States presidential elections. 58% of the American public voted. Now, that's not very big compared to other countries who believe themselves to be a democracy. But that is historic and was only um, eclipsed on one occasion, I think in 1968, if I'm not mistaken, where it was 59 percent. That was Nixon and Humphrey and George Wallace. And uh, so this was the second highest voter turnout in the history of the United States. More people cast a ballot for president than ever in history and as we know the loser lost by the highest uh number of votes in the history of the of american presidential elections which is why he lost because so many more people voted and we should be proud of that and we need to capitalize on that here in 2022 because Primary day is August 13th statewide. Everybody gets a mail-in ballot now. And then, of course, primary day is in November. Primary day. General election is in November. And and it is no less consequential, um, the, the races that will be uh, decided on those days than it was for the presidential election in November. I mean, just to review, we're going to be voting for a governor, a lieutenant governor, our House member uh, in the Congress. We're going to be voting for at least one senator. In Washington, we're going to be voting for every House member in Hawaii legislature. Most of us, not in the inner core of Honolulu, but most of us will be voting for senators to the Hawaii uh, how, uh, to the Hawaii Congress. And then all of us vote for OHA members, and many of us have city council members who we'll be voting for. So there's a lot of races and a lot of people to get informed about. But now to your question of what can the average citizen do? And and I, I'm glad you asked it because there is a percentage of the population who, you know, are outraged over an event or, you know, a George Floyd kind of thing. And they protest. And th- this is great. And this is powerful and meaningful. And you name the topic, you know, there's a constituency that will be active. But what is really needed is uh, an understanding and uh, a respect for, and that's a very dicey word, I'll I'll admit, respect for that this is a very long-term process in order to make change. Um, Our forefathers in, you know, the late 1700s, when they were creating the Constitution in 89, decided that this isn't going to be an easy thing, democracy, and it sure as heck isn't, especially when folks are out there lying to the American people and to the Hawaiian people as well, or the people of Hawaii, I should say. So what what is needed is for all of us to, first of all, get involved in the micro-level politics that many of us are surrounded by. And when I say that, I mean, for most of us, it's the neighborhood board. And um, that, I say, is the minor leagues of our county 
business, you know, of our of our county officials and the mayors. And my city councilwoman is my connection to, you know, Oahu and its government. And while I have a little bit of a of a philosophical problem with nine people representing about a million folk, that's really an outrageously low number and not very good representation. Uh, in the Hawaii House and the Hawaii Senate, it's a lot better. You know, there's 76 folks or so that represent all of us. That's a lot better percentage and a lot more intimacy. So the so going back to the city and county governments, the neighborhood boards are the minor leagues or the divisions that funnel up, uh, you know, legislation and resolutions and foment comment in terms of various issues. And I've been on the neighborhood board for at least four years, both in Ala Moana, Kaka'ako, which is a neighborhood just to the west of downtown, and then now Chinatown and downtown neighborhood boards. So I believe I know about the issues that are affecting our neighborhoods and the people who live here, which is one of the reasons I'm running. And I can tell you that folks can really move the ball by being involved each month in their neighborhood boards. But even if they don't want to sit through those long meetings and there's a lot of sausage making and it's, and there's some fighting and it's not all that great, you know, if you don't want to do that, then the next thing you can do, and this is super powerful, and that is to write your legislators or to call them and at the very least email them and follow the legislation that's of interest to you or your family or to your constituency. And that takes effort. If I get elected, one of the things that I'm going to propose is that we have a House and Senate media office. And I'm not trying to create a bureaucracy because, in fact, I think we have too much. But the one thing we don't have is we don't have a media organ that tells the America that tells the Hawaiian, the folks of Hawaii what happened last night or earlier today in the legislature. And I'm talking about maybe a public television show or at the very least a cable or Lello type of program or or social media at the least uh, a five minute up date or a podcast of this is a uh, without opinion or commentary view of what the Senate did today and what the House did today. And this is the impact of it or this is where it's going to go. We need this office and we need to inform the public that all their tax money is not going to be spent behind closed doors or behind COVID emergencies, but rather out in the open and in the light of day so that everyone has a chance to contribute. It's gotta be a long slog to get that passed, but we need this media office to help inform citizens about their own government. That's number one. And so that's, those are a couple ideas of how to get involved. Vote for the right people. Don't vote for, for name, but vote on their positions. Get involved in the neighborhood board or in the micro level. You know, even your friends might be able to organize with you and start pressuring um, and advocating for the things that you believe in. And then at the very least, uh, write, call, text, email your elected representatives and keep the pressure on them. Uh, and that also includes donating to the right people, because running for office, I can tell you firsthand, is not a cheap 
proposition. A democracy is expensive. And in order to get my word out, I've got to talk to folks like you, but I've also got to mail and I've got to put up signs and, and all that costs money. And that's also another way that you can influence uh, the way legislation is drawn here in our islands. Well, mahalo nui for just like sharing all of that. That's a brain dump, brah. And I know that people are going to have to listen to that once, twice, three times a lady again, man. But, you know, um, we don't have much time left here in any of you today. So uh, before we go, I'd like to ask, uh, uh, can I call you again in the future? One month, two months down the road? Absolutely. Fantastic. I'll be late for dinner as the joke goes. But no, anyways, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I would welcome it. Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, we'd really like to be able to educate our viewers on the step-by-step -step process, the pitfalls, perils, trials, and tribulations and everything. And, and so before you go, uh, please tell everyone, how do we get in contact with you? How do people in your area support your campaign? How do they, you know, how do you connect with everyone? Sure. Sure. It's armstrongforhawaii.com. Um, I'll have the website going in just about a week or so. That's the last of all the things that I, you know, this is only day number three of my campaign, I might add. But uh, yeah, so it, it, things are these things are at the foundational level, as they say. But but hopefully within a week, um, it'll be Hawaii for uh, uh, Hawaii. If I might have said that wrong, I need to correct it. It's Hawaii Armstrong for Hawaii twenty eight. Dot com. That's it. Armstrong for Hawaii28.com. And uh, um, they can also uh, write or email me at P.O. Box 37323. That's 37323, Honolulu. 96837. It's Armstrong for Hawaii 28. And I'm running as the Democratic representative for the House in District 28, which is the inner city of Honolulu, Chinatown, downtown Sand Island. Righteous. Well, thank you again. Mahalo Nui for coming on today. Uh, we thank you. We hope to see you and hear from you again. And maybe I'll stop over Oahu side and we can shake hands and talk more sometime. I would love to meet you. And the number that you use is the number for my constituents. So it, you, you know, you may welcome people to use this number as well. Uh, you know, because I, in order to be an advocate, in order to be in somebody's corner, you have to know who you're fighting for. And so I welcome the contributions and information and the ideas of not just my constituents, but of all of the folks in the state of Hawaii, because we need to make this the best state in the union and we need to have the most responsive government. And I intend to help us move there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, mahalo. Mahalo, sir, for coming out today. And you have a wonderful day. Aloha. Aloha. Rabbit Holes is a Manavakal production. This episode was produced by Kadika Hoke and Sarah Rodriguez. Make sure to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platforms to add our weekly episodes to your queue.